hello, 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 and welcome back to the Friday Night Radio Show, Murder or Myth, coming at you from Chi-Town Center, your favorite radio show. It's Heba, Grace, Grant, and Liam. And on tonight's broadcast, we have a bone-chilling tale to tell. Although an end to the Leopold Loeb case has come, the whole city still has much to say about it. In May of 1924, this past year, two evil masterminds attending our great University of Chicago mauled and murdered 14-year-old Bobby Franks, the second cousin to Loeb. Their famous defense, manned by Clarence Darrow, called on the imperfections of society to justify Leopold and Loeb's cruelty. Well, we're here itching our heads, wondering to what extent did the Leopold-Loeb kidnapping represent the values exhibited in the 1920s? And we're here to comfort you in your homes that although the societal ideologies and historical individuals such as Nietzsche played a part in the execution and reaction to Leopold Loeb's perfect crime, the mental status of both perpetrators was a far greater factor to the outcome of the crime. And we're passing it off to Liam. All right. So first we want to look at the societal influences on the pair that caused them to do this murder. First glance, according to the testimony of their lawyer Clarence Darrow at least, the boys' crime appears to be a product of their upbringing, sparked by the emerging philosophy of nihilism. One of the most striking details of the case is their consistent referral to the philosophy of nihilism and the ideal of the ubermensch that came with it in order to justify their crimes. The definition of the ubermensch in popular culture is someone independent of cultural restraints, including morality, uh, which is an attribute of nihilism that appeals strongly to the idea of social Darwinism, which holds in the apparent superiority of others. Uh, one quote from Leopold in the Chicago Tribune that appeared in 1924 regarding the case um, states that uh, regarding the murder, it was just an experiment. It was as easy for us to justify as an entomologist in impaling a beetle in a pin. The idea of superiority in this is palpable. Um, clearly, he was comparing himself to a scientist and his murder subject to a beetle. Nothing could possibly be more dehumanizing. Um, and what actually led them to this, according to expert psychiatric opinion, was their upbringings. Um, expert psychiatrics noted about Loeb that he was a, cons a consistent liar who was continually building up all sorts of artificial situations until he himself said it was difficult to distinguish between what was true and what was not true. Meanwhile, Leopold was heavily bullied. Um, thus, because the way they were raised, they were particularly receptive to the uh, philosophy of nihilism and their relief from morality it lent to them. And moving on, we will be analyzing the, um, the more individualistic characteristics that led them to this action. Take it away. Thank you, Liam. Although societal values of the 1920s had some impact on the outcome of Leopold and Loeb's perfect crime, just as Liam has stated, the individual morals, or lack thereof, of the perpetrators in conjunction to their erratic mental capabilities were a far greater factor in the outcome of the murder. Absolutely. The reason that this that Leopold and Loeb called this the perfect crime was because they had feelings of intellectual superiority, that they were so they were so narcissistic that they believed due to this superiority that they should be absolved of responsibility. And this created a serious lack of justice in the case where Clarence Darrow stated that society was more responsible than the individual murderers for this crime. Right on, Grace. I feel like it's extremely insulting to assume that the brutal murder of Bobby was because of societal's teachings. What are they teaching in school that is causing people to kill each other? Nothing. Nobody is saying, kill your cousin. Nobody is saying, kill anyone. It is way above our heads to continuously, especially in Darrow's argument, to assume that murder happens because society 
somehow conforms people to kill. Absolutely. Leopold and Loeb were a toxic combination who were both narcissists and pathological liars, and that's more responsible for the crime than society. Thank you, Grace. Now take it away, Grant. Thank you very much. So we have heard now about the societal effects of uh, the societal causes on this case, and we have also heard about the individual effects uh, uh, causes on this case. And now we are ready to hear about the public reaction to this case. While much of the circumstances surrounding the 1920s made this event more possible in the minds of Leopold and Lev, the public remained mainly shocked by this event, leading a conservative backlash against momentum that was trending towards a more flamboyant society in the roaring 20s. Um, so now we actually have a special guest joining us. We have Grandma Bonnie, my grandma, back to the suburbs of Chicago, where this very crime has taken place just a year prior. Okay, Grandma Bonnie, what do you have to say? Oh, oh, I think that these men should be locked up for the rest of their life if not killed. Like the case of Sacco and Vincenti, all those murderers, robbers, and kidnappers deserve to be put away. And also, what are they doing with this social Darwinism? They are taking it out of our schools like the law passed in Tennessee. That should not occur. Oh, wow. That was some compelling testimony we heard from our grandma, Bonnie. And um, she has talked about the... the the justice elements of this case, they should be brought to justice. And she feels fearful for her life. She needs security, okay? And now to close, we have our, everyone is coming back on the show to say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Goodbye.